Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful, no question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer for <laughs> He just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. one of the only songs that our band in high school could actually squeak out that you could recognize. <laughs> it's his birthday today. Really? This and Baby oh, Elephant really? Walk. It's Glenn Miller's birthday today? <laughs> nope, he would have been 112. 112 years old. I love Glenn They never Miller. did find his body, did they? Nope, somewhere in the English Channel. What? Somewhere in the English Channel, yeah. His plane crashed in the English Channel and they never found the plane or his body. I didn't know that. I knew his plane crashed, he was but I didn't only 40. know that they f- didn't find. Yeah. That's sad. He was only 40 years old. Very, very sad. Maybe he's living tax-free in South America. At 112, probably. (laughs) I like it. Although he could still be alive. Uh, I think that would make him the oldest man ever. (laughs) 112? If anybody's going to do it. women have lived... Glenn Miller. <laughs> uh, the oldest woman, I believe, was 116. 122. 122? 122. Hey-oh. Where'd she Was she five inches tall by then? I mean... I assume so, yes. Jean Clement. Oh, Jean Clement from, yeah, from France, right? I just don't It's understand. always European. No, she was, from, uh, she was from China. Jean Clement? No, she was French. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I Snap. put up with this? Wow, she looked not great. But 122, you can't expect much. It's kind of negative. Well, that's not very nice. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know if I'd want to live to be 122 I is what I'm saying. I have no interest in it. 
If it's, yeah, if it's like, you know, you can barely even walk anymore. All the maladies that you're going to have. Yeah. And what doesn't hurt. It's no, a lot different if you're still, I mean, like here at 117, it looks like she has a walker here. So, you know, she can still walk at that time. Jean yeah. Calmont. Calmont. Uh, there's a Jean Calmont diet. Did you know that? Really? Let's it's, hear it. Uh, I think she said she ate a pound of chocolate a week. I think oh, that's right. I love her. This she is ate a, a lot of chocolate. I know that much. By my own heart. That I can relate to. <laughs> and I, I misspoke because uh, Glenn Miller turns or would have turned 114 today, not 112. 114. 114. Oh. Okay. Get your facts straight. Uh, I know. Yeah, then God. he could be alive. The oldest man, 116. So. See? Yeah. Right there. He would not have been the oldest man ever. He could still be alive. Chocolate. In How fact, many Valentine's boxes is that? <laughs> in fact, there was a man from the United States who died in 1998. He was 115. See? Oh. John Mortensen. What is it with all these... Uh, Frenchies? West, uh, Euro- Western European people. What is Raka chocolate? R-A-A-K-A. What is that? R-A-K-A. No Raka chocolate. Oh, I don't have no it's idea. A brand. She looked fine. What are you talking about? I'm looking at Jean I'm right sorry. now. I think she looks. She has all her hair. Yep. She yeah, does not really. have her teeth. She looks but at 120, yeah. whatever. 122, yeah, the teeth. Uh, After 110, I'm surprised she's got. <laughs> not designed to last that long, I don't think. <laughs> There's a Raka chocolate newsletter that just popped up on my screen. Oh. I think we had a buy. I want part chocolate. That. Is in Brooklyn. I want chocolate. It's in Brooklyn. Smoked chai. That sounds horrible. Delicious. Have that Are you kidding that's, me? That's all new fancy stuff. Chai uh, chocolate? chocolate though. Yum. Oh. Yeah. What do you? Andy, you were you... off by this on this. By the way. What? How much chocolate do you consume in a week? A single bar, two, perhaps just a little nibbles here and there. What about two whole pounds? Two pounds a week. By oh. her own estimations, Madame Jean Louise Calmin. The oldest person who ever lived enjoyed an incredible 2.2 pounds a kilo of chocolate a week. So did she survive on chocolate uh, then? Well, that would be, what, about 35, a, 36 ounces of chocolate a week? That's a lot of that. Yeah. Well, let's, let's just assume it was just like straight up milk chocolate. Let's see here. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm going to change my lifestyle to be just like Jean-Louise Calmant. Along with chocolate, Madame Calmant. Enjoyed copious amounts of olive oil, port wine. A bit of port wine. Port wine, it says. I don't see the bit. (laughs) Fencing and riding her bike. She was fencing at 122. (laughs) Well, I don't know about 122. (laughs) A kilo of chocolate would be 5,300 calories. So that's doable in a week. Well, it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. It's a little, yeah. about 800, I could 800 easily calories do that. a day. Yeah, really. I might. Actually, it'd be good. I think she looked really good. Had a big, great smile on her face at 122 years old. So. And she got to live in a small town on the coast of the Mediterranean in France. Uh, that could help. Rocket chocolate is called, it's virgin chocolate. What does that mean? Like no cacao? sugar added or anything? Like those nibs or something? Yeah. Cacao nibs, which don't taste very good. They don't. Oh, they don't. I don't like them. But Let's see too, here. Some people too bitter. Think they're great. Yeah, how we bitter. make? How? <laughs> it's unroasted. Unroasted. Chocolate's roasted. Cho- well, I suppose it Most would be. Most chocolate is. Yeah, they roast the beans and then you know make chocolate out Maybe of it. This is the secret to youth. The fountain of youth. We've just found it. There you go. Non chocolate. Non roasted chocolate. Yes. By the way, the world's oldest person alive today is Violet Brown. She's 117 years old. Holy God. Where no, does no, she live? She lives in Jamaica. 
See? Islands. Sea. Islands? France is well, not Well, I island. mean, she's on the Mediterranean <laughs> Sea. What? She, said, she was in on the Mediterranean. And you're making it up as you That's go along. That's what the story said. You're making it up. See, now Being because they brought the that sea. story up, I have Jean Calment staring at me the rest of the day. <laughs> there she is looking at me going, Tom, you suck. She is not. <laughs> She's not? Hopefully she was nice. I can't imagine be, she was a jerk for 122 years. <laughs> she made her family cry daily. <laughs> she was mean to people Everybody, every day for 122 she, she years. She rode her bike into the village. They all ran. I love that so much. That's that's wonderful. <laughs> here she comes. <laughs> well, the, oh, God, it's here again. When is, is she ever going to die? She picked on me again today. <laughs> That would be fantastic. Everybody hated her. Oh, that would be a great TV bit. They should do that on Saturday Night Live. That would be funny. What if Jean-Louis Calment was a total jerk? Jerk. Jerk? She was a jerk. jerk. She was a jerk, I tell you. I tell you, she was a complete jerk. Yeah. Uh. You know, ever since we talked to Katie Darrell, about Access TV, which is owned by Mark Cuban. His face keeps popping up on my screen now. Mark Cuban is the face of the Mavericks, and now he is the face of their shame. Oh, well. I think somehow he'll survive this. What are you going to do? The oldest living person, Nabi Tajima, has currently 160 descendants. I thought they said the oldest living person was 117. She is. Violet Brown is her name. Um... No. Oh, she just died in September. Who did? Violet Brown. Oh, poor Violet's dead. No more Violet. But yeah, 160, so that would be like children. She has children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren, and great-great-great-grandchildren. Imagine trying to like remember all of those. Imagine her birthday card. (laughs) Yeah, there's just no way. Just how much she has to spend on birthday cards. I feel like once you You hit 100, you just shouldn't have to write cards to anybody for anything anymore. I would agree with that completely. That would that would make complete yeah. sense to me. You just don't you don't have to do anything at and, any time. Yeah, and everything yeah. should be free. You get a pass I like yeah, how for everything. All of these people who live to be a billion years old, that everyone always asks them, you know, what's your secret obviously? And basically every time they just say they eat whatever the hell they want. They do. All these old people, they, they do whatever they want and they eat whatever they want. All what is that all about? People. Like the, that, uh, the uh, well, United States guy, um, he said that one of his, his advice was uh, cigars. <laughs> so he smokes cigars all the time. See? Well, you don't um, live to be yeah, that. Nobbies. It was uh, delicious food. And then Jean Comment, obviously, the uh, kilo of chocolate a week. So. You don't live There's to more be a hundred or more without perfect genetics to make you. Yeah, that yeah that's true. more credence to the fact that it's all genetics. It is genetics, which means that I'm going to live to be about a hundred because many and Toots, many, many live to be eighty-three and Toots live to be almost eighty-eight. So. There are some pretty good genetics. Your dad lived to be a, lived a long time given his lifestyle. Oh God, yeah, he lived to be at, what sixty-three. I mean, yeah, you, even with great genetics, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. Well, it's like um, Ozzy so Osbourne. Ozzy's going to collapse one of these days after the just sheer amount of drugs he's done. But without the ability to, you know, the fact that his genetics are so good. Most people, after all that he's done, would be dead. Yes. Mm, I think that's probably true. His son has MS. I think that is true. Who has MS? 
Ozzy Osbourne's son. His Jack? Son? Yep. Isn't his name Jack? Yep, Jack oh, Osborne. I, I remember yeah, watching that. that show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the Osbournes? The Osbournes, yeah. Absolutely. I was Ozzy so Ozzy upset about that show. Acting like a lunatic. Yeah. And that was uh, 15 years ago. Yeah. Why were you upset about that show? Oh, because they were just Sharon horrible. would say F you to her kids. Yeah. And they would say it back to her. They were all horrible they people. They were all mean to each other. I they was were very dismayed. But and then Ozzy was like barely could even, he didn't even know what was going on half the time. And we constantly called Tom Ozzy. <laughs> on yes, his 13th birthday, Osborne, let's see, he got drunk on whiskey. By the time he was 14, he was drinking regularly and started smoking weed. Yeah, so that'll, uh, that'll get you some MS. Well, MS isn't. This is no, Jack. Jack. Isn't oh. that genetic, though? They don't really know. Yeah, but MS is one of those things where it's like, oh, I don't know. Your nerves are just bad. Yeah, but there is, even in cases like that, which there's a lot of things where we don't really know why it happens, Right. there are uh, there are things you can do to, you know, make it less likely, and not constantly drinking and smoking is definitely one of them. Works for Good me. Good advice. Yeah. By the way, uh, for everybody. Joe from Louisville said that uh, Keith Richards is immortal uh, because of all the things he's done. That's true. Are you oh, yeah, me? him too. Wasn't he? He's probably just pickled. Wasn't he on heroin or something? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything? Absolutely. Well, technically, if you don't overdose on heroin, it's not bad for you if you can handle it. Really? It's just most people can't handle it. Heroin? Yep. They really? think that, well, the problem with heroin is just that it's addictive. <laughs> so many things. Other than that, though, yeah. everything is good. <laughs> but yeah, basically, you know, if you do it constantly you're pretty quickly not going to feel anything without upping the dosage, and that's where the problems, you know, get in. And also the fact that you can't stop doing it. So you have to take more and more and more and more as time goes by. Yep. Well, speaking of Keith. That is a huge problem. Did you see what he said about uh, Mick? That he should get a vasectomy? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's 75 years old. Yeah, probably a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's so... Ugh. What is Mick now? 74, 75? 74. Somewhere in there. Yeah. He's 74. Okay. He's going to be 85 when the kid's 10. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's so... Ugh. It's a shame. Yeah, it really is. But, and the kid will be bigger than him when the kid's like four. <laughs> Honestly, God, Tim Pawlenty told me he stood next to, to uh, Mick Jagger and... At some temple in India or something. They happened to be there at the same time. Weird. And Plenty, who's like, what is he, about 6'1", 6'2", something Yeah, like he's that. pretty tall. 6'1", 6'2". He said, Tom, it was amazing. Mick Jagger's girlfriend's about a foot and a half taller than he is. He always dated tall women. Well, remember Jerry Hall was really tall. Had really bad breath. I do can't remember, remember that. all of. I mean, he's had so many wives and girlfriends. I can't even. But they. I think most of them were he tall. He has had nine wives. <laughs> nine wives. Only nine. Yikes. <laughs> nine wives. How are you getting along with them these days, kid? Most of them were nullified, which you know, GL wonder why. Well, yeah, none of them. Right. Le- well, okay, so the, the longest lasting one was nine years. No, no. Uh, Loren Scott lived. Yeah. Uh, well. Lived, yeah, uh, and then she took herself out. Did, even, did, did she? she? Yeah, she committed suicide. Yes, it was like two yes, years ago. She, she committed did. suicide. Well, how long was he with Bianca? Bianca? Uh, oh, yeah, Bianca. I forgot about her. Seven years. That's it. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't even realize that. Was, that. How about Jerry Hall? 
Jerry Hall, nine years. That one was annulled after nine years. <laughs> <laughs> annulled? I don't even know how that happens. <laughs> nine years, you get an annulment. Okay, what kind of pope would annul a, n- a marriage to yeah. a rock star? Well, there's that too. Maybe they like never they, they got married and then then just never uh, lived together or anything. Uh, I, something? I think that maybe it's just she's Catholic or something. She is. Well, but still, maybe. Why else would you annul years. it? No, that's true. Yeah, because in the Catholic faith, an annulment isn't a bad thing right. like a divorce right. is. Right. Exactly. Because an annulment's basically like you know. It never happened. Yeah, it's like it never happened. It's not your fault that it. Something went wrong, whereas a divorce is seen as like a uh, a failing of, you know, you could have done something, I guess. I actually met Jerry Hall one time, and as I just said, she had horrible breath. Well, no that wonder happens he to everybody. <laughs> no, no excuse for it. Every once no in a while. No excuse whatsoever. It's like Dan, the whole time I'm pregnant, I'm just... has terrible breath. <laughs> Dan does? It, it's not Why his, is like, that? He has, it's nothing uh, that he does. It's like my pregnancy, <laughs> but like... If he comes near me after he's eaten certain things, I'm like, you need to step 30 feet away from me immediately. (laughs) (laughs) And it's the whole time I'm pregnant. Both times. I'm like, sorry, I love you. Get away from me. Probably not a bad idea. (laughs) Yeah. That's all true. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here, and here with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website about a customer near where I grew up. North Minneapolis, they were specifically looking for a community bank. That's right, Tommy, Prestige Products. They had been with another community bank, but when their bank was acquired by a large regional bank, the owner felt like they were just seeing his business for the numbers on the page and not really understanding his long-term plans. So he met with a number of community banks in the area, including us. Luke at our branch in Shoreview met with the owner, they hit it off, and Prestige Products chose to work with us. Incidentally, their favorite part of working with Luke is that he gets excited about the same things that are important to them. Having a clear understanding of your long-term goals makes for a great relationship and our difference maker for your business. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. So you can marry 10 people? Is that why you're waiting on a friend? <laughs> He's been married nine times? Oh, my God. Well, the weird thing is That's too many two times. of them are listed as marriages. Um, oh, maybe they were like common law ones. But the, but the rest of them were listed as 
espoused. He espoused them. <laughs> which, the hell? Isn't that marriage? To me, that says marriage, but uh, they're in like a different espoused. category somehow. <laughs> I espoused them. Maybe it's maybe it, like that means it wasn't a well, Christian you, ceremony. I think according to the government, if you lived with somebody for seven years, then you're technically married and you have mm-hmm. to like pay. Um, unless there was like a, he was living with most of them five at a time. That's not what happened. Uh, that's Mick Jagger. Yes. It might have happened. Yeah, because most knows? of these lasted three years at tops. Who does really? he think he is? Yes. Chris Martin and uh, whatever her face is with that stupid BS oh, yeah. conscious uncoupling or whatever? Uh, yes. Conscious Gwen- uncoupling. Gwen- Come Gwen- on. Oh, Gwen Gwen Paltrow, Paltrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the conscious uncoupling. What did, what else did they say? They said some other stupid thing in that statement as well. It was about how we they don't hate each other. They try to make the point that they didn't hate one another. There we go. 2014, people.com. They've got the scoop. They've got the scoop. Consciously <laughs> uncoupling. They have the scoop, man. Yeah, she's prone to saying weird things. I like her, but she's weird. Oh, God. Isn't she the one, though, that's... Aren't you supposed to, for best health, you shove stuff up your butt or something? Uh, Is she a fan of the colonics? Oh, yeah, she likes colonics. The colonics. A lot of people do the colonics. A lot of people like colonics. A lot of hippie <laughs> people do colonics. They were big in, like, the 70s, I think 80s? still do them. I think they've been proven to not really do anything at this point, though. Who is it? You were, we were just talking about uh, maybe a month ago that actually had exit tattooed above his anus. What? <laughs> that actually... I must somebody, have blocked that mentally because I have no recollection of somebody this. Somebody famous had the word exit That's tattooed so. above their butt. And had to tell everybody about that. Naturally. No, it came out because I think it, a nurse ratted him out because he was in for an exam, and I think a nurse ratted him out to the press or something. Nice professional medical staff. I'm going to be dealing with a lot uh, of poop the next few days. Poop and pee. Why? Oh, you're training. Potty training. Oh, Potty yeah. training. Why can't kids, I mean, like, cats and dogs can figure it out. Come on. It's not that Well, hard. she can figure it out, but, well, you, but you have to potty train a dog and a cat. Yeah, Not a cat. Cats pretty much figure it out by themselves, which yeah, is kind of strange. It's instinctual for them to bury their stuff. I yeah. don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That cats. makes it easy. It'd be a nice instinct for babies. Yeah, it really would. <laughs> That's one of those things I don't get. Is You cannot potty train a monkey. It's impossible. Or an ape. Really? Or a parrot. And you'd think that you know, they're the most intelligent animal other than humans. So, but they can't figure out that one simple thing. It's very strange. Yeah, they can like do math, but not poop in a toilet. Yeah, <laughs> and people have trained cats to go like to the toilet. I know, like a literal yeah. toilet. Yeah. 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 yeah, I know. And yeah, but you can't teach a monkey. I don't know. Or That's a parrot. Very strange. Hopefully, Fawn's smarter yeah, than a monkey, and she can figure it out. So this is just—it's supposed to be done in three days. You start it and finish it in three days. No. That's quick. I was going to say, oh. that sounds... Wait, didn't you... I did something called... It was did a, did it we self-domesticate? No, it was a book, and it was called Potty Training in Less Than a Day, and you gave your kids super salty snacks, and you stayed home for, for a day, and you did nothing but, you know, like give them salty snacks, give them lots to drink, so they had to pee a lot, and oh. then you gave them rewards for going in the potty, and it worked. I'm here to tell you. Oh, that's, that's nice. That's very similar to I thought to it was what? like a month long thing it depends on the kid um well i mean there was like slip-ups from time to time and that's very similar to what we're doing yeah that's similar to what we're doing but we 
there's no reward for getting it, like going to the bathroom in the toilet. I'm sorry, bribery is the only arrow in your quiver. Because it's what? <laughs> well, we don't Our use kids. we don't use like anything. Like, what would I bribe her? I don't know. It's like I'm not going to give her snacks. I'm not going <laughs> to give her jelly beans. But um, tell her I'll never talk to her again if she poops her pants. Give her perfect bar. She loves those. She does love perfect bar. Bar. Popcorn. Bar. bar. Popcorn bar. or bubble bar. water. Popco. Yeah. Bubble. Bubble. Bubble water. She, yeah. Bubble. She does bar. like a, She bubble? likes all of those things. Peacock. She loves it. See, there you go. Yeah. No, but this. There you go. The book that I'm like base the whatever. Why can't I think of the word? training i know but like the specific Oop. type System. of training that word potty yeah the specific <laughs> type of training the word is potty that's what i'm looking for no <laughs> technique there we go that i'm ah. using it she's like you shouldn't have to reward your child for doing something that's basic human behavior god that's hilarious. Yeah. I don't know. I okay. have heard. No, I've heard that this book is like the end all be all amazing best thing ever for potty training in the history of the what universe. What is it? Everyone poops? So we'll see. No, that's not a potty training book, but that is about poop. And Fawn would like that because she likes to talk about poop. <laughs> it's actually called Oh Crap Potty Training. Oh, that's nice. So that she, works out really, really so well. So she's going to be running around tomorrow naked all day. And when she starts going to the bathroom, I have to bring her to the toilet and say, you know, it goes in here. And then once she gets that down, we can put clothes on her. But then we're basically going to be quarantined to the house all weekend, depending on how quickly she gets it. And then you go on like longer and longer outings with them and have them go to the bathroom and public toilets and stuff like that. So they get used to that. So, yeah, that's my life. Now you're talking. So why is it that you and Andy had to be bribed? Because you I guys... I just always used bribery because that was what was effective for my children. <laughs> Does this sound familiar, Alex? Ballerinas don't wear diapers. Yep. Yep. That's not bribery. Ah! That's not bribery, though. That's just stating a fact. It is, too. No, bribery... I gave you dance lessons. It's stating a fact. Because you didn't have diapers. Well, no, but bribery... She means, like... <laughs> she means, in the book, like, don't use bribery... And rewards and stuff like, oh, if you go pee in the potty, I'll give you three jelly beans. And then when they pee, you get three jelly oh. beans. Like that kind of thing. Okay. Like that. Yeah, Andy but you- wanted a bubble sacks. That was to get rid of my pacifier. <laughs> oh, that was the pacifier. That's right. Bubble sacks. Bubble yep. sacks. I want a golden saxophone, he said. What would it take for you to get rid of your pacifier? A golden Gold. saxophone. <laughs> Like a golden well, saxophone. Whatever works. Look at all, all the listeners. Look at look at what they're learning today on a very valuable show. Look at all that they're learning. There's no question about it. Uh, I want to talk about productive people and busy people because okay. they are different. You oh, know? they're very different. Yeah. Very different people. Eleven differences between busy people and productive people. You want me to do productive people? Say so I'm going to do them one at a time. But do you want me to mention the productive or the busy first? Let's do productive. Okay, we'll do productive first. Productive people have a mission for their lives. Busy people want to look like they have a mission for their lives. That sounds like me. Productive people have few priorities. Busy people have many priorities. Productive people say yes slowly. Busy people say yes quickly. 
Productive people focus on clarity before action. Busy people focus on action. Productive people close doors. Busy people keep all doors open. Productive people let their results do the talking. Busy people talk about how busy they are. Productive people make time for what is important. Busy people talk about how little time they have. Productive people focus. Busy people multitask. Productive people take their time. Busy people respond quickly to emails. Productive people want others to be effective. Busy people want other people to be busy. And finally, productive people are making those changes. Busy people talk about how they will change. I you agree find all this to be true? I agree with most of it. So is that the problem that I, that I have? Because I'm either a productive person or a busy person, and that's why some people annoy me working with them. Most people think that if they're doing something, even if it's not productive, then that's just good enough. That's good. Just they just they come into the office and then they just sit there for eight hours. That means they're working. I mean, it drives me crazy. It, it drives me nuts. That, yes, I'll do that. And then they never do it. Yeah, that's the other thing. So a productive person actually does what they say they're going to do, whereas a busy person doesn't. They just say they're going to do it and then they never do it. Right? Because they're so yes. busy. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, it drives me insane. It just, yes, I'll get that done, absolutely. Three days later, did you do it? Uh, no, I haven't done that yet. What? I'm too busy. Oh, God. It drives me insane. Could it be that um, busy people also refuse to turn off a light? Possibly. <laughs> Boy, look at Catherine. <laughs> Working the humor angle. Take three people. All are unmarried, 33-year-old women who live in the United States. One makes an annual salary of $40,000, another makes $120,000, and the third makes $200,000. Who do you think is the happiest? This is a real story, by the way. Uh, the middle one? From Quartz Media. So you're saying the one who makes one hundred twenty grand a year is the happiest. Mm-hmm. Does everybody else agree with that? I'll go the no lowest. You'll go 40000 yeah, Because yeah. it sounds like a trick question. Yeah, it does <laughs> sound like a trick question. I have no idea. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, according to a recently re- released study, Paywall, in the burgeoning field of happiness research, the two higher-earning women are likely to report more satisfaction with their lives than the one who makes $40,000. But perhaps surprisingly, the psychologists who conducted the study find that the one making $200,000 is probably no happier than the one making $120,000. This is because both the $120,000 and the $200,000 women have incomes above $105,000, which, according to their research, is the point at which greater household income in the United States is not associated with greater happiness. The technical term for this cutoff is is the uh, income satiation point. The study is based on a life satisfaction survey conducted on over 1 million people as part of the Gallup World Poll. Respondents across the world were asked to rate their lives on a scale of 0 to 10, where 0 is the worst possible life and 10 is the best possible life. Okay, what would you give yourselves? And I, everybody needs that. Are you a 0 to 10? How would you rate your life? Alex, you go first. Just overall happiness? Yep. 9.5. 9.5. Okay, Melina? Mm, 6.57. You can't go below zero. So you go 6.57. Yep. Okay, Andy? I don't know. Well, can't you just make <laughs> up a number between zero and ten? Uh, He'll say seven. seven. I knew he was yeah. going to say seven. Said seven. I knew okay. it. As neutral as possible? Yeah. Okay. Well, five's as neutral as possible. Well, five people would question it. Think you're depressed. That's true. <laughs> All right. 
Catherine? Uh, it depends on the day. If I've gotten sleep, I'm all for 10. <laughs> if I haven't slept in two weeks, who knows? Overall, the average it you out. And Overall, say, because I've been an insomniac lately, I'll say eight. You're going eight? Yeah. See, I, I would go eight as well. I'm sleeping. I Ugh. would say eight as well. So that's good. The researchers analyze the relationship between the score and household income. They find that in every region of the world, after accounting for a person's age, gender, marital status, people with higher incomes are happier. Really? Gee, that's you hard know, to believe. You know what's interesting about that cutoff at 100 and what was it? 120. 100, 120 is mm-hmm. um, because I can see that because people think that if you make $100,000 that you're rich. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And, and well, uh, for some not. people, rich basically means you don't have to worry about money. And, and that's what the $100,000 part is. Yeah, it's yeah, like if people but, aren't living paycheck to paycheck, that takes a lot of stress out of your life. If you, yeah, or exactly. If you know that's you're true, saving but, money. And, but at, uh, at $120,000 a year, if you've got... Um, you know, a big career, you end up having to work so much harder. Well, that's the reason that the $200,000 person isn't happier. It's because really all people want is to not have to worry about money. And once you're at that point, getting more money, all it is is expending effort for something you don't really need. Yeah, and you're also very worried about losing your job because you've probably bought a larger house and a better car and your payments are higher, so you're always worried. If I could only lose my job, how great would that be? That's (laughs) interesting because... I have to deal with radio people again. Uh. I mean, a lot of homeless people rate their lives is very high. Very high, yeah. static. Tens across the board. Because they're all on drugs. They're very high. (laughs) (laughs) They love the freedom. They just love the freedom of not having to be responsible for anything. Yeah, I would love to just not have to ever do anything, but that's also, I couldn't live with myself, I don't think. I'd be so bored, I couldn't stand it. Really boring, yeah. For me, it wouldn't be the boredom. It would just be the knowing that Everyone else is financing my laziness. I couldn't do it. Yeah, there you go. You have to get over that. If I was mentally ill, I could. <laughs> but. Well, you know, it all works out in the end. We will be right back. Got a special guest coming up next, Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more. And please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin, is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. It is the 45th anniversary, unbelievable. And everybody tells me that if you do line it up with the Wizard of Oz after the third lion's roar with the MGM lion, that it does line up with the movie The Wizard of Oz. Dark Side of the Moon does. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my very special guest, John Bowser Bauman. How are you, sir? Dark Side of the Moon, what's that? 
Was that was that after was that after like uh, 1963? John or Bowser? Do you want should I call you John or Bowser? Which one do you want to be called? Either one is fine. But if you call me Bowser, then you get this. You know, so de- depends on what you who who you would like to <laughs> talk to. Who would like who to use. talk to? I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, yeah, it, it, it basically. What you guys laid the groundwork for, then later on, Dark Side of the Moon came out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've heard of it vaguely. And, <laughs> vaguely. and I'm familiar with the moon, and I know it has a dark side, so. Bowser, i got to tell you honestly, I love doo-wop, and I, uh, I'm i of the age. I, well, I said, let me put it this way. I was uh, 13. I was 12 when the Beatles broke. Okay? So my old, I have an older brother and two older sisters. So it was basically uh, Elvis Presley when I was a very, very young kid, three or four years old. So from then, for that next 10 years, whatever it was, um, that music, what what was basically called race music back in the day, um, it it, it just, it fascinated me. To this day, I still love doo-wop. Uh, a reunion of doo-wop legends as they pass the torch to the next generation of singers. You're not going to do that. I yep. hope you're not going to pass the torch. We don't need any torch passing. <laughs> well, it's sort of just an insurance policy, I guess you could look at it. We're still going pretty strong, as you can... If, 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 you, if you watch this PBS show, you'll see we've got some incredible people still roaming around. And I, I do a lot of live shows, you know, and bring, bring a lot of them in. But, for instance, uh, my friend Jay Siegel, you know, sang The Lion Sleeps Tonight, yep. uh, still sings it with that incredible falsetto in its original key of F, no change, hasn't dropped it down, sounds, if you closed your eyes, you'd think the record was playing. That is so amazing, because I, I swear to God, my voice changed when I was 11, and I, <laughs> uh, there's no way I could hit those notes. There's not a, I got no well, mine shot. too, though. I mean, come on, that's... The, this is a specialized, there's no way anyone can hit those notes except for maybe Frankie Valley and Lou Christie. But uh, Jay's just remarkable. I mean, my, when my voice changed, I became the bass singer, and then I started complaining, how am I ever going to be in a, in a rock group until we started Shadow and It became the rock and roll revival, and the stuff stayed around and stayed around. It was such you know, a... it influenced Boys to Men and NSYNC, and oh, the, God, they'll yes. all tell you, you know, doo-wop was the inspiration. There is no question. I'm glad you brought that up because that's exactly right. All of that music, and NSYNC is a perfect example of that music. That basically, NSYNC is doo-wop. I mean, yeah, really. it's modernized doo-wop. That's what it is. Uh, and, and you know, this was the roots music of everything, as as you outlined. You know, before the Beatles, and it didn't really end. The era didn't end until the Beatles. You know, the '50s right. musically went on until 1964. Uh, you know, and then we started bringing it back in 1969. There was sort of a five-year gap in there of all kinds of chaotic stuff happening in the 60s in society and in music. But uh, when we started reclaiming it with Sharada in the late, very late 60s, you know, it was, it had only been like five years, but it was as if it was a whole other lifetime. And this music has stayed around ever since then. There was a group... In the 70s, in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, they were called Teen King and the Princes. 
certainly inspired by Shanana. There's no doubt about that. And Teen King might have been a huge fan of yours. Let me put and point that out, Bowser, because <laughs> he would get up. I've on... heard of them, and uh, oh, actually, have? when I joined the group, you know, I wasn't in the group right at the beginning. Right. When I joined the group, the second show that I ever did, the first show that I did was at the Aragon Ballroom in Chicago. Yes. And the second show that I ever did with Shanana was at the Depot in Minneapolis. Do you remember that place? Yeah. Well, it's now First Avenue. Uh, yeah, it was a great big, huge club. Yep. And uh, that was the second show that I ever did. And then we played. Then we played in the summer of 1970. We played the Minnesota State Fair for like four or five days. Um, you know, which I will always remember. That was like the first extended gig that I was involved in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just always think fondly of the area. It's great people, and they love their music, and it's just a, a great. Great music town, you know, music city. Now, Bowser, you do know the depot where you, you first, your second gig, you played with Shanana. That became First Avenue, which is the club that's featured in Prince's movie Purple Rain. That's the same club. Right, it's the same building. Same mm-hmm. building, yep. Right, it's the same building. Exactly. Really, yep. really wonderful building. Absolutely wonderful building. I actually have a personal story about that, and if we have enough time at the end, I'll tell you what happened to me. At, uh, it was called... Uh, the depot at the time because it was a depot and then it, and then it became uh, right. Got it. It changed its name a couple of times. Now it's First Avenue. But um, Teen King and the Princes, these guys wanted to be Sean and I, and they were really good, by the way. But I do remember that they would come out and kind of try to do what you did. This guy, they'd walk out and Teen Prince looked down in the audience and see some guy standing there. It might have been a little hefty, and he go, oh, "Look at this, the 1972 winner of the Human Bowling Ball Lookalike Contest." <laughs> he start ripping the audience. <laughs> oh, I wish I thought of that. <laughs> see, the thing is, nobody could open their mouth as wide as me, and nobody had no. more non-existent biceps than I did. <laughs> so, you know, my look at the greaser of the '50s through the eyes of the early '70s was in that sense unique god it was so much fun and and the whole deal the t- now you hosted a, a tv game show correct yes i've had a checkered career i hosted more than more than one but i mean the, uh, my first tv game show was actually called the pop and rocker game a game in concert which was a go. very odd um combination melange of a game show and a rock concert <laughs> And then after that, you're probably thinking of the match game Hollywood Squares Hour. Yeah, I think that's exactly what was, I'm thinking of. Yeah, it was that wonderful. went on for a year. I hosted the Hollywood Squares part, and Gene Rayburn hosted the uh, match game part. Yeah, absolutely wonderful show. You did a great job on there because you well, you kind of basically referred to people in the human bowling ball lookalike contest kind of tone of voice. Yes, I did the best I could. <laughs> um, you, you know, I'm... I'm hosting this show, Do Up Generations, also as myself. You know, Bowser doesn't really appear. Oh, okay. Do Up okay. Generations, other than to push my friend and and colleague Johnny Contardo onto the stage to sing those magic changes with a with a like a twenty year old kid. That's the whole idea of this show, which I'm sure you are aware is. You know, we're bringing we have people singing with young people, the original people singing with, with younger people to make sure this music stays alive in subsequent generations. It is wonderful music. Now, that is this this uh, Saturday night on, on PBS stations, correct? It's on uh, Saturday night. I, they have not given me an, an exact time on it, so if you happen to know uh, Eastern Time, when that when the show, I can look at it. I think it's station by station, how it runs, okay, so you really okay. sort of got to check local listings. And yes, it starts in most places this Saturday night and will run for 500 years subsequently. 500 years be uh, good. Ten times a night. 
because that, that's the great thing about when we say we're passing the torch on to younger generations, even though we're all still going, um, you know, we're passing the torch for like the next hundred years, literally, because right. PBS will still be running this show, which is awesome. And from what I understand, R&B legend Little Anthony from Little Anthony Imperial is going to be with you? Yeah, he does He does kind of a cameo in this show where he, uh, there's, there's a kid named Kid Kyle who uh, first started doing my live shows when he was 12, and he's now 22, um, and he just really, he can really sing, and he loves this style of music, so... Uh, Anthony has a story about the song The Diary, which was a Neil Sedaka song, and he introduces mm-hmm. Kyle and tells, and tells this story. So, uh, you know, it's kind of the hosts are me, Anthony, and P.J. Lubinsky, who's the producer of the show and has produced all of these mm-hmm. My Music doo-wop specials that have been on PBS and are really beloved. Now, you shot it in Asbury Park as well, Asbury Park, New Jersey. That's wonderful. We did shoot it in Asbury Park, New Jersey, um, which a place that I always think of fondly, you know, because as we've discussed in my long and checkered career, <laughs> so in the mid-70s, I think around 74 or 5, it probably was early 5, um, Sean and I was, had, we had sold out the Asbury Park Civic Center, as we did most years, and I remember, you know, stagehand kind of said, hey, you guys ought to check out your opening act tonight. He's this local guy. He's really good. And, you know, just a few people kind of said that. So I poked my head out before our show. And there was some guy with a band, you know, with an African-American saxophone player, uh. you know, some local guy <laughs> who people said was pretty good. And you listen okay. to the first song and you go like, oh, that's pretty good. And the second song, you go like, oh, that's really good. And by the fifth song, you're going like, I hope we can follow this guy because this guy's blowing this place apart. And it basically was, you know, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band playing mm-hmm. the Born to Run album. That's what it was. God, it was wonderful. a few months before the album came out, whatever year that was. And, uh, you know, they were our opening act at Asbury Park. That was good a place for him. Yeah, it was a good, yeah, Asbury Park really worked out for him. There's no doubt about that. They're, they're, yeah, they were pretty good. They were really quite good, I have to say. I mean, I, I remember saying to, uh, I think it was Screaming Scott, the piano player, whoever I was standing with, <laughs> I remember saying, this is, this is really prescient of me, right? This is a brilliant, uh, brilliant perception. <laughs> I remember saying, uh, boy, I think this guy's going to go someplace. This is really good. <laughs> Well, they, I, I did actually, John. I interviewed uh, Clarence Clemens one time several years ago. And uh, basically the entire interview, I asked him questions. He went, that's exactly right, man. <laughs> he, just, yeah, he was pretty good, too, by the way. Oh, he, yeah. As he, were all the players and the songs were just out of this world, you know. Now, for, for our it young... Was just an, it was an amazing thing to have as your opening act. Oh, God, and yes. We had a few of those, you know, like Billy Joel opened to us. At Queens College, I'll never forget, in about like 71 or 2, God, just him and a piano, no band. Amazing. Well, Jimmy, he was pretty good. Jimi Hendrix once opened for the Monkees, so think about that. There, there's two You're audiences. True enough, too. <laughs> Sean and I opened for him at, at Woodstock, but Jeez. that wasn't really like being an opening Oh, that, that, was, that was fantastic, <laughs> too, by the way. Doo-Wop started, did it really start as street corner music? Is that how doo-wop really did start? Yeah. It really did start, you know, it's the beauty, the beauty of this stuff is that all it takes is like, you know, four people to be a group. You can sing a cappella. you don't need a band. No, uh, exactly. You know, and often we did. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's that wonderful thing where, 
You know, Jay Siegel, my friend who I was talking about, who you know sang the Lion Sleeps Tonight, tells mm-hmm. the story of how they used to um, they used to sing the Miriam McKeever. Remember her? Sure, absolutely. Um, had done you know like Lion Sleeps Tonight was an an African folk melody, and somebody had put words to it. And they used to sing it on the beach to get girls, is the story that he tells in, like, Brighton Beach, you know, in Brooklyn. Right. And that's what you can do with this, with this style of music, is just, you know, get a bunch of people together. It's, it's basically vocal. You can do it a cappella, and, uh, you know, there's sort of no must, no fuss about it. And in that way, it's this wonderful, breathtaking style of music. And that's why, you know, Boys to Men and NSYNC, it's all the successors of it, and now all these... Wait till you see this show. I mean, it's really remarkable. There are people coming from South Africa, you know, who know all these songs, and you know, these two, these two kids from California, California, who play. Um, you know, they have like acoustic guitars, and they sing just really, really well. And they do this magic moment, and then in the middle of it, Charlie Thomas's Drifters join in. You know, who did the original record, and it's just magic. Yeah, I got to tell you, the, 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 you were talking about all these different acts. I will tell you this, in 1976, when I went to see the movie Rocky, and Sylvester's younger brother, Frank Stallone, they sang doo-wop in that movie. I think, for me, that was as huge a part of that movie as the boxing was, because it gave you the real feeling of what it was to be on the, what it was like to be on the street corners of Philadelphia. Uh, I, I just loved it. I absolutely loved the fact that they... I hear you. And, you know, he was, Frank Stallone was actually a guest on the Shot or Not television show, mm-hmm. which we did not long thereafter. You know, our, our show went, was uh, first run from 77 to 82. And we had him on there, and he could sing. It was good. Oh, yeah. we, we had everybody's brother, by the way. We had Joey <laughs> Travolta. We had Frank Stallone. <laughs> I love Frank. Frank's actually, we have Frank on at least a couple times a year because he just tells it like it is. I'll tell you that. If you don't want to hear it, tough hop. I'm going to tell you exactly how it is. Frank is uh, He was great good. Player. I yeah, mean, he, the, was. he was good he on was. our show. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, John Bowser Bauman, doo-wop generations on PBS. It is this Saturday. What a great honor to talk to you, sir. I had a ball talking to you. Well, it's absolutely my pleasure, and I got one more thing to say to you, and it goes like this. Good night and grease for peace. Good night, sweetheart. Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say, 
why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer for <laughs> He just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. She's my best friend's girl. What? Nothing. I'm just going through some stuff. Thinking about. You're good now. Hello. Oh, there, there I am. You go. Thinking about uh, yesterday. And I don't. Um, yesterday. I, no, a guy. A guy yesterday. All my troubles seem so far away. He uh, <laughs> he did this really bonehead thing, and I can't remember what it was. But somebody on the morning show, I can't remember if it was Candace or it was Brittany. Most or, likely Brittany. Probably Brittany. Hands said, down, it's Brittany. Well, I'll just remember what <laughs> Melina says, that 80% of people on earth are morons. <laughs> so you were quoted <laughs> yesterday, Melina. I started out with 66%. Yeah. You shot her up to 75 and then 80. <laughs> and It, it uh, all depends on the day. It does. It's very true. Sometimes it's like you walk around and you're like, hey, people can actually do things. And you ran into a couple of people that were polite, so it restores yeah. your faith in humanity. And then the next day, you find out how scummy but people can be. But it's crazy. When it gets a little warmer out and stuff, people act even more dumb. Really? Do they start no. murdering each other? I find that people are nicer Moida. when it's sunny. It's moida. Um, murder rates go way up when it's warm. Oh, that's because they people leave the house. Yeah. Murderers leave the house. <laughs> I'm not murdering anyone when it's cold out. It's too Forget cold it. to murder anybody today. It's, it's true. Can't do it. It's too cold. My knife might break in half because <laughs> it's frozen. Won't get any stabbing done today. Oh, Doug Sprinthal is so funny. Mr. Hilarity. He got you signed up for the tour to cure. Username is blah, blah, blah. Your password? Uh... <laughs> Well, if this they don't know the username, then they, the password's fine to give out. Right. They don't know you, the, the username. So, you know what the password is? <laughs> no. Welfare radio. Oh, great. Laugh it up, Sprinthal. He you just know, loves it when you get in trouble he with does. the oligarchy oh. of Minnesota. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> now, Joe <laughs> from Louisville said he wants to take over the championship. Speaking. Oh, there he is. Uh, oh, speaking look who's of bad here. guys. <laughs> Look who's here with his fake bike helmet on. See, he's getting his... He has he's his getting, fake bike helmet yeah, he's on. he's getting in shape. You're wow. out there getting in shape for the... Uh, two, I just, just saw my... Uh, my uh, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't give him the username, but I, I did give him the password. Welfare Radio. Uh, and now Joe from Louisville and Melina are in a fight because Melina pegged it at 80% and Brittany yesterday on the KQ Morning Show said that Melina said that 80% of people on earth are morons. Joe from Louisville just claimed the title by going up to 85% of people are morons. So so you're getting in shape for the 26 miles? Yeah, see, that's the thing. I've got to put going? in. I, I, I can't ride 26 oh, miles without getting my button too. shape. No, I can't sit in. 
I can't Once sit in the saddle for that long. Since you're going to be on the air, I, I can't sit in the saddle that long without working I up to it. I got to go like five miles, eight long. miles, well, come ten on, you should miles. go training with your neighbor that Tom mistaked for you. Yeah, the one who just. Oh yeah, remember that hill. woman I. Fo- we don't know I who she is. <laughs> I can't even remember what she lives way the hell up some hill. I know. I'm, I'm <laughs> impressed. I w- you know what? I should have her just do it, and everybody uh, will think it's me, and then I'll be some marathon bike rider. So serious. I'll be so impressed. I'll be done with the race in two minutes. I just love the idea of Tom like, what the? Where the hell are you going? And her turning around like, what? Well, luckily for me. I knew he me, was doing it too. I knew when, he was doing it. When she pulled up her driveway <laughs> to her garage. I did not follow her up her driveway because I went, why is Catherine going up someone else's driveway? And thank God I didn't follow her up her driveway. I'm surprised he wasn't in the kitchen grabbing a snack before he realized it wasn't me. (laughs) Laugh it up, sister. (laughs) Sarah signed up this morning, and here's how I talked her. There's two great things that happen if you sign up before tomorrow. You get a custom KQ Walzer riding shirt that the graphics department designed. It's actually cool. I don't get one anyway. Well, yeah, you're probably, good point. Come the on. Other, I think this was the closer, though. If it's like last week's, uh, last year's route, it goes right by Michael Bryant's house. Mm. I told Sarah that if she's tired, that she could just go into Michael's house and drink gin and tonics until miles? we pick her up. I like that. It's right it's over about, there by that. That's more my speed. That little, pl- that little playground in St. Louis Park. There's a lot of playgrounds. I know, but the one that goes right by the bike the path. The bike path. Oh. He lives in that neighborhood. How many miles is that? Two. Well, it's pr- yeah, two probably miles two. That I can do. Okay, you're in. <laughs> okay. That was Think Doug and that was Doug and me lying to you. Is yeah. what that was right there. Except so I could use the electric bike. I'm in. <laughs> we'll just disguise it. Yeah, I'll ride in a pack. I've <laughs> yeah. got people around me, we'll so paint, no one will know. We'll paint a sign on it that says "Not an electric bike." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That'll fool them. Yes, but the sign that says "Not an electric bike." That's good. Just well, don't I know get that one you've of those old cheering. people recumbent bikes. Okay, I hate those. Why? They look weird. They're, they're coming back. back. There's a lot of people that use those just because they have bad backs. I well, think they do it because they're hippies and they think it's cool. But yeah, they're actually hipsters slower are hell, and they take up a lot of room. They like them. No, wait a second. You didn't ride here from Rosemont. No, no. What I, I do say, when I ride in the city is, well, yeah, and you got to ride across 77. <laughs> exactly, get killed. get killed. When I ride in Minneapolis, I, I put the bike on the car, and I, I stop at uh, uh, Minnehaha Park, or, or actually closer to Cedar, and just jump on the trails there. So Yeah. I rode down the river and then That's got nice. out on the nice Greenway, ride. and then I took went right through downtown. That was kind of cool. I just went for my walk along the Mississippi River this morning. We took an hour walk because you were gone and the cleaners came, so I just said, I'll, I'll go for a walk. So I went down here. I went and parked back You said, back cleaning? There. I'm out. <laughs> get, clean the house. Forget it. Goodbye. Goodbye. Communist. Uh, so I went for a nice walk along the Mississippi River. Walked That's by nice Andy's down there. That's a nice house. walk. It is a great walk, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I was wearing a Minneapolis policeman's hat, so nobody bothered me. It was wonderful. So thank you to Minneapolis me Police Department. Oddly enough, I didn't get bothered either, and I just was dressed up like a middle-aged bike rider. You look like a weirdo. That's why nobody bothers you. <laughs> okay. He doesn't even fight it off. He just goes, okay. I'm glad that you're wearing a bright orange shirt, though. I like the visibility on a bike. Yeah. I, I do love the fact that I, I do get through the KQ page or whatever the hell it is. Tom, I, I don't know why these people advertise with you. You hate every one of them. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. Why would they do that? I hate them all. I will tell you, because I've had a lot of <laughs> listeners reach out to me since I started using my email. And they come from all different walks of life, uh, but they have one thing in common. 
What? They're all sarcastic as hell. Oh, yeah. They, I oh, mean, they, yeah. Can, they can take a punch. It's, it's great. A cake you listener, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think they're like that over on violin radio, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now it's, it went from no. welfare to violin. I didn't want to get you in super trouble. Oh, you know, that doesn't get me in trouble. Like I said, I made it very clear on the radio, and I'll make it clear on this show. NPR has never done anything to me. This has not been about NPR going after me or to a. No. I, NPR has never done anything to me. I just love teasing them the fact that they have more money than God because they're in welfare radio and yeah. we're broke. Their studios are. Speaking of which, Second I heard that uh, Gorgeous. Charlie Rose has got about 30 people now out of the closet. 30 that, women? Yeah. Out what of was the he closet. Doing? Oh, you well, mean? Well, not out of the closet. Uh, saying that he sexually yeah. harassed. Yeah, that's a different thing. So <laughs> how did he do it? Go pantsless or what did he do? No, you know, it's a little vague. I think he was just really suggestive. But no, he didn't do the uh, uh, Louis C.K. route from what I can tell. I have a question for you about that. Uh, suggestive. Being suggestive. Sexually suggestive. Whenever our ratings came out from 1986 until 19, excuse me, 2013, so from 86 to 13, you're talking 27 years, right? Yep. Every month when the ratings came out, Hamilton would have a couple of cocktails and then kiss me on the lips. Now, is that suggestive? No, and it was not on the cheek. Because it's two guys, it's fine. Was there any, Why? Cup, was there any, was there any cupping? <laughs> yeah, there was oh, some cupping. If there's cupping, and, then it's a problem. But I just, how, <laughs> do you discern, how do you discern what is suggestive and what isn't? Yeah, no, I, I get it. That's a tough road to hoe because, uh, you know, I have another friend, and I, he's Italian, and whenever he greets me, he hugs me and kisses me on the lips. Well, it's, it's all I about don't intention. It's all yeah, but how do intention. they know the intention? Oh, that's I told. I was talking to Tom yesterday. I'm like, I just don't think you can. T- you can no, you're, just. You're right. You can't touch a, anybody anymore without other no. people in the room. That makes me sad. I, I well, thought, there's a movement going through uh, right now called postmodernism, which basically states that there is no such thing as like the truth. And if someone feels some way, then that's their truth. And, oh. you know, so basically, Perception if someone, is reality. Yeah, so if someone says they were sexually harassing me, that's their truth, so you can't argue with it. So well, you, it was the Supreme Court said that about pornography. Yeah, it's hard to yeah. find, but it. you know it when you see yeah. it. Right, right. You know, there's a, but here's the problem that I have, that, that, that we all get. We go from, okay, so Charlie Rose, it was suggestive, they said. Yeah, no, I'll look up what allegations he that he yeah look up the Charlie fondled Rose and groped. And oh, he did fondle and grope. That's different. It's Charlie Rose. I mean, come on, man. What are you doing? I know, but there's there's a big difference between what Bill Cosby did and what Louis C.K. did. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, give people roofies and then date rape them. Yeah, that is a little. That's not here. really open to interpretation. Yeah. I don't that's think you're not you're gonna believe that really this bad. is Tom Bernard saying this. You're not gonna believe this. But I don't know what Al Franken did warranted him being kicked out of the U.S. No, I think he was like, I, I agree. I think he was sort of the apex of that whole movement. He, he was, was right yeah. at the top. And, and I'm defending Al no, Franken. I know you what are. the hell am I doing? I always said I didn't think that he should step down because no. I, I really do think that there's nope. got to be due process. You can't just accuse somebody and ruin their lives because then you can do anything you want to anybody Mm -hmm. it's it's too much power and it's also crazy people are going to use this to their advantage like nobody's business yeah well there's no question about that i I, you know so i saw the picture where he wasn't grabbing a woman's breast he was pretending to as a joke 
There was nothing sexual about that. Which isn't that. funny. It's not, it's not funny. funny, but he wasn't and, a, he wasn't a senator no. at the time either. Yeah. He was a comedian. That's right. He was a song and dance man. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. what else did he do? I don't know what else he did. I think that's no. There was a no. couple of things. There was he some woman at the state or... fair I that was uncomfortable. Grab or... somebody's boob or something. Oh, did he? Like well, when he, can't he was be doing when that. he was like taking photos, he would like cop a little some you know a little something you know. Yeah, no. Although, to tell you the truth, I, as I've said before, over my 48-year career, I've had men and women grab my package. Now, I didn't. Con- that was not sexual. It was just they thought it was funny. Part of the Catholic Church. <laughs> That's really nice. <laughs> hey, Melina, now that you're listening, have you watched Silicon Valley? Oh, my yeah, God. No, Don't done. keep ruining it for oh me. No, it's God. just one line. That line you told so me is one of the funniest things I've ever I, heard. I, we watched it last night, and Jared, this, the whitest guy in the planet, fires off the best one. I was oh, laughing Jared, so hard, yeah. I had to stop the show. They were eating pizza, oh, and he goes, oh. You know, when I was a kid, my parents wouldn't let us eat p- eat pizza because they said Italians aren't real white people. <laughs> <laughs> Take that home with you, Melina. Yes. <laughs> the Italians awesome. are not real white so people. So we're in the third season. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're in the third season. And yeah. T.J. Miller's off the fourth season. Fifth. No, he's off the fifth. He's, okay. So we watched the first. Because I don't even know if I'll like it after he's off. To tell you it's the not truth. as good. I think his one-liners me. are the best. He, he's just great. I mean, yeah. he's larger than life. But the other characters are pretty good too. Yeah, know? they are. But I mean, I just think that he's. Do they replace him with somebody that doesn't have as high of a nerd factor? Because the uh, nerd factor is funny. They haven't replaced him yet, so I don't know that they have. Oh, okay. but, but you need somebody that is, you know, a little bit. Jin more, Yang gets yeah, into the yeah, arc, and he's yeah, trying to get Bachman so. killed. Uh, <laughs> would you stop? I don't right, want you ruining the I'm show sorry. for me. I understand you have to deliver the I don't think Italians are really white people. It's a great line. Just for you, Mike. Just for you, Just Melina. Just for you. You and Sansevier. You're welcome. And L.A. Nick, by the way. Yep. L.A. Nick, too. A bunch of non-white people on the Tom Bernard show. <laughs> See, now, I suppose there could be people that would be offended by that. There could be people. And they would be there mad at me. There are people. Even though I didn't come up with a joke, I, uh, yeah, and, and, and actually... Well, just the fact that you Doug found it funny. It. The fact that I found it funny, though, yes. they'll be mad at me. Yes, yes. Like, I think welfare radio's funny. I didn't invent that. A listener did. That's brilliant. It's but better than violin radio. It's, it's a lot better than I'm violin radio. I'm pretty sure radio. public radio doesn't think it's funny. Come on. They, the most gorgeous <laughs> studios on earth, they get paid a fortune because they'll never run out of money. And then, you know, when we file bankruptcy, everybody gets $3.4 million bonuses at the top. And the rest of us, hey, Tom, do you have any bus fare? (laughs) Can you take another salary cut? Can you take another? Can you give more of your money back to the station so we can pay other people? (laughs) And then fire them? (laughs) Yeah, and then fire them so you get to keep the money. (laughs) You know, other than that, though, everything's going really smoothly. I hear social media firing up, Catherine. (laughs) Be careful. Hey, it's true. I knew it. It's true. I, I, you know, I, that is something I'm, I don't try to hide from anybody. It was a lot of money, and I, it was the right thing to do. It just was. So good for them. Uh, oh, we've only got 10 seconds left, so oh. I better shut the hell up and move on. You know, I, I would agree that I don't think, and I'm very serious about this, I don't think that Italians are really white people. <laughs> I, I hear a t-shirt. <laughs> There's a t-shirt coming. We'll be right back, Tom Bernard Show. 
Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Tom Bernard here with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, this is a tough time for businesses, not only in the Twin Cities, but all over right now. Can you tell me a little bit about what North American Banking Company is doing for your customers? Tommy, at the bank, we're helping businesses with all of our tools at our disposal. Lenders are working as long as it takes with our customers to help them through these tough times. We've processed well over 300 loans for customers and funded over $70 million through the SBA's Paycheck Protection Program. Through our payment deferment program, our current customers were able to skip one, two, or even four payments with no penalty. Finally, being a locally owned and operated bank, we're able to move quickly and take action for our customers when they need us most. Why not bank with my banker? God, I can't tell you how great <laughs> it is working with Billski. Did you record that, Andy? Could you send that to me? <laughs> North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Who else was singing Throwing Me Off? Me. No, it was Pavarotti. <laughs> He's just throwing me off. He's always flat. Oh he my never God. hits his notes. Catherine and I were so lucky. We went to see him live at the Met Center just before he died. Really? Oh, God, yep. it was lucky. Well, it was a while before he died. A lot while before he died. 2006. But, oh, my God. Oh, wait, was he 2007. Amazing. He died in 2007? Yeah. Well, what, when did they tear down the Met Center? Because it was just before they tore down the Met Center. That's a long that, time ago. Oh, that would have been early 80s. Uh, uh, 93. Wait. They tore down the Met Center in 93? No. That doesn't sound right. Uh, I can't be right. 94, yeah. No, because they built... Really? Yeah, and it was at Met Center. It was God, not I at, would have uh, thought it would have been... It was closed know. in 93, and then they demolished it the next year. Okay. Oh, it's, I'm I thinking guess. of the ballpark. <clears throat> oh, Met Stadium? Yeah. Oh, yeah. me too. That was torn down in 82. Yeah. Yep, 82, they tore that down. So you saw him like 20 years before he died. No. Uh, yes. Wait, 12 years. 12 years. A long time before he died. But honestly, 13 he, years? Yeah, seeing 13 Pavarotti years. in person was an amazing feeling. Mm-hmm. That was what nice. a greatest singer ever born, probably, as far as uh, men are concerned. And then women, it's a tough call for me because Aretha Franklin's got to be way, way, way near the top. But... Kiri Takanawa. Oh, my God, that woman can sing. Some people can sing. Woo! <laughs> Ella Fitzgerald. Ella yeah. Fitzgerald. Oh. Absolutely. Fantastic. Good police, stuff. Police in Calgary have uh, ruled out foul play in a gruesome fine behind a wall at a mall bathroom. 
but there are still some unanswered questions. Police say a man in his 20s died after climbing inside the wall of a woman's bathroom and becoming stuck. He's trying to peep at women and got killed. <laughs> and well, he deserves it. Are we up to 85 yet, Melina? Oh, yeah. We're Eight, getting close. 85% <laughs> of morons. Well, I, Dave suggested that maybe he was homeless and he was trying to hide in the mall overnight, which could have been the case. Mm. Which Dave? What Darkness Dave or Dave Mordal? When's the last time I talked to Dave Mordal? I don't know if you talked to Mordal, and I don't keep. I a thought you Skype together Bella. all the time. Oh, look at Bella and Melina. Bella, Kelly. what are you doing? Bella, that, Bella hangs Kelly. out with colored people. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about. All right, Melina. <laughs> yeah, I know. Every time you Doug come Sprinthal in here, it's like, has What's to tell Alex the, the thing. Yesterday came in it was so, diarrhea. So because you watch, you watch Silicon Valley. Yes. So Sarah and I were watching the first episode of season five last night. And Jared, the pasty guy, the yes. tall, fires off the best. I was laughing so hard to had to turn off the TV. <laughs> eating pizza, and he's got this look on his face like he saw God, and he goes, "I could never eat a pizza as a kid because my parents told us that Italians aren't real white people." <laughs> pizza as soul food. One of the greatest oh lines God. in history. Uh-huh. Sansevier, L.A. Nick, Molina, Tino Lettieri. I can just keep going down the list. Nick DiPaolo. Chris Domino. Let's keep going down the list. Tino isn't really a white person. He's no. like, I've said that he's before. He's like the it's, most Italian man in the world. He is, he is lived, really Italian. He's lived out of Italy for I don't know how long. He still has Since the heaviest 12. Italian oh accent in the, the world. Most like, Italian person of all time. I always wonder why people with accents like... You can do an accent if you want, so right. why don't they just do an American accent until it becomes natural? Well, he told me that he thought in Italian. He thinks in Italian, He yeah. still thinks in Italian most of the time, hmm. and that's why. Because yep. that would make it difficult. Yep. Yeah. He speaks four languages, you know. Yeah, but I mean, he's a smart speaks French, man. Italian, a French, yeah. French Italian, Italian, Spanish, and Espanola. English. Yeah, I want to hear French in an Italian accent. Well, Spanish and Italian are very, very similar. Very similar. Oh, but he, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't really speak English. He kind of just... You know, yeah. massacres it. Yeah, once you know one romance language, you can learn the other. <laughs> French is yeah. French is pretty close. I Pre- when I learned Spanish, close. I could read a lot of French. Yeah, and a lot but the enunciation. Oh, pronouncing? No, I can't. Totally pronounce. different in French. Fact, this is true. Just because of you, right after the show today, I'm going to call Lou Nanny and tell him he's not a real white person. <laughs> <laughs> he just loves those jokes. He just oh, he this, loves yeah. those jokes. Sort all your all your contacts by yeah. guineas, non guineas. I'm just going to go through the list. Call all the guineas. Tell them so great joke. Okay, so back to the guy who's stuck in the women's bathroom wall. Uh, I'm sorry, but a homeless person looking for a place, not in a women's bathroom. We're not buying that part. Well, if he was crawling through the ceiling, you might not know where you're shimmying yeah. down. That's what they think is really, he was in the ceiling. Do they go into walls? They hide in the mall overnight. I can't think anything more erotic than watching somebody pee yeah, in a public what? restroom. I know. Oh, the fluorescent lighting, yeah. the I disgusting know. floors. I, yeah, no. It's just the wonderful. Fart's gone. Yeah. Thanks. You're just not twisted enough to understand. Apparently. They're <laughs> <See>? not. <laughs> Catherine knows me. Exactly. They're not sure why he decided to went into the wall in the first place, the CBC reports. The pony wall used to hide utilities is not connected to the ceiling but has a vent cover on top, which the man removed before climbing mm. in. Police say the man climbed the wall Friday evening after entering the food court bathroom alone. His body was discovered Monday morning by a maintenance worker investigating why the toilet in front of the wall wouldn't flush. Oh. Investigators say there were no other access points through which the man could have entered the wall, which is more than six feet high. 
Police say the man's family was notified after an autopsy was completed Wednesday, but they are not releasing his identity because his death has been ruled accidental. The exact cause and time of death have also not been disclosed. The victim's motivation for crowding inside the wall is unknown at this time. A spokesperson for the Core Shopping Center says the employee who found the body is a mall employee who has been offered counseling yeah. and time off to deal with whatever may he be going through. He may be going through. He's a pooper peeper. Yeah, Could I guess be. so. God, well, Chuck Berry was. He was? was he really? Oh, yeah, he hid cameras. When he had a restaurant, he hid cameras in the women's bathroom. Oh, so he could watch I him mean, poop. I don't get it. Seriously, what is wrong either. with Who does people? get it? I just don't get it. Who oh, does there's get a lot it? of things I don't get, though. No. There's a lot of things you shouldn't get, and if you do get them, you've got problems. Please get away from me. If you ever get them, you're out of the family. That's all we're telling you, Andy. Yeah, no, thank you. That's everything. The owner of a wildlife park in South Africa is recovering from several lacerations and a broken jaw after a lion attack on Saturday, reports Newsweek. Why do people think they can just walk around with lions? Well, this guy was a special case. He owned, he, he owned the zoo, and he, like, raised this yeah. lion since it was a cub. He Doesn't raised matter. it. He hand-fed it. Mean I agree. a thing to the lion. Yeah, no. But it's, I mean, like, you know, for a dog or a cat, if you raise it from kitten, It's a lion. It's your friend, but, yeah, the lion Domestic is not Domestic cats will scratch you and bite you for no apparent reason. Oh, yeah. Hobbs loves biting Just for fun. Oh they're just yeah. like, ah, oh, I just hate you right now. I've Chomp. always wondered why I mean, they're like that. cats do that. They just love to just bite you for no reason. They go from, like, sleeping to, like, frantic, lunatic, bite your finger. I know. Exactly. And you didn't do anything. Fred was the absolute worst. He was horrible. Oh, psychopath. I was glad to see him go. (laughs) Fred. God. We had a cat. Fred is dead. Fred is dead. No, Fred's not dead. Somebody took that horrible cat. One day, Alex and I went outside and we found a cat underneath one of the pine trees on Giant our property. Giant orange tabby. Yeah, an orange cat with no... Uh, he was fixed, but he didn't have tags and he or was anything. Scruffy, like and he he'd was scruffy. He'd been in a million fights. He was clearly, yeah. like, very homeless. So we fed him some Somebody cookie dough. Somebody probably chucked him at our house. We fed him some cookie dough, and he moved into Mom's uh, tax store. Yep. And peed Indeed. on everything. And peed on everything he could. <laughs> that was really great. Oh, really good for sales. Why did we have him live in the barn? Well, yeah, we already had because Cecil already and Whiskers. Had, and yeah, they Cecil would have oh, killed him. Yeah, Cecil, Cecil would have killed him. <laughs> Cecil was not a bad guy. Cecil was very territorial. You had a cat was... named Whiskers. Who named? Well, Alex was How like six Alex all the time. Was very was young. Like, Whiskers! Six. Yeah. Yep. Whiskers. I got him. I got him with a friend, and she named her cat Fluffy. So. Ooh. Six-year-old <laughs> girls, you gotta no, I get understand. Fluffy and Whiskers. It's Everything's puppies and unicorns at that age. Well, Cecil was named after the. Protagonist in Final Fantasy IV, so I mean, normal. So you saw Harvey. Mm-hmm. By the way, Alex, I know that Brittany got very excited about this, and she said you would too. That uh, Spice Girls are considering going on tour again, but one of them won't do it, so Tell they don't know what if they're going to do it. Really, really See, <laughs> which one won't go? Probably the one with the most money. Posh. Yeah, yeah we'll Posh. 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 The Beckham one. Posh, Victoria yeah. Beckham, yeah. Uh, I let's see. am not necessarily a lover of reunion tours. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sad. It's kind of, yeah, it's a little sad. It's like, and oh, it's look, like, they can't do what they used to. Right? I also am not one of those people. I know a lot of people like have playlists on their phone of like NSYNC and Spice Girls and stuff and they listen to it still and I'm like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, Like right. I listen to it then and it's not good music. So. Some of them aren't yeah, too some bad. Of, yeah, no, there are definitely good songs. But, but yeah, yeah, there's a lot of really not 
Well, it's it's always been that way, though. That's why they have singles. The single is good, and the rest of the album is generally mediocre. Yeah. But they and have to do an album or else they can't make money. Yeah, it just feels kind of pathetic. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, 10 years later, 15 years later, you're... Yeah, Duran Duran. Ginger about out of the Rough. tour. Oh, Ginger. Oh, Ginger's what? Which she's, one is that now? She's the one that broke up the band in the first place, so that's not surprising. Uh, she's the Mick. Oh, the great singer. She did... No! Ginger is not. It is sporty. My God. Oh, she's actually English and Swedish. She just looks really, really Irish. She did, I think, porn after. Good good. for her. No. I swear. I'm pretty sure she did Andy, do me a favor. Find it. Uh, Yes. Would you please go and find too much and then You've play, done play this it before. Yeah. And I will point out which part I think the oh woman says. Oh my god, we've done this before. That hurt. It's her. Sporty's place. We've done this like five times. If anybody time. knows her It's Sporty oh. Spice. I mean, that is a great song. Ginger was a page three girl at 19. No, it's that name. Ginger? Ginger Spice. She's I know what Ginger Spice. Page three Which means? Ginger? The redheaded Which, one. Yeah. Don't well, I know, but I can't remember who they were. Because Sporty was the Irish one with the tooth, right? The gold tooth. <laughs> but none of them were Irish. <laughs> Ginger is red hair. Uh, Scary's black, and then I don't know about the other three. They Victoria... named the black one Scary? Well, really? Scary Spice. She had it like, Usually afro. they say that for Italians. She That's... had an afro. Oh, wait, there was Baby Spice. Baby Spice is the blonde, blonde one. Yeah, I remember her, And yeah. Victoria Beckham was Posh Spice. Oh, she yeah. was Posh? Posh, posh was Sporty, Mel. I don't know. There was Mel B and Mel C. Mel B was Scary, Mel C was... Oh, sporty. sporty. I remember those. Yeah. Oh, Mel C is Sporty. That's the one with the great... Well, they all have really good voices. But a page three girl, The Sun, you know The Sun, the um, English uh, magazine? Yeah. Tabloid. Every... Uh, yeah, it's really more of a tabloid. Every edition on page three has a topless girl. Oh, okay. She did that at 19? Good for her. Well, so she didn't do porn. No, but I mean, topless in a magazine is kind of boring. in England. It's they, borderline. That's been in the newspaper forever. Yeah, for real. As far as I know, I mean, they literally put that in the newspaper in England forever. Topless women. The, How about this thing with the uh, NFL? Uh, the, so the, progressive. The Redskin cheerleaders are now claiming that during a photo shoot that they and they didn't say who made them do it, but they they did a topless cheerleader photo. Nobody can make you yeah. do a topless photo. No. Yeah, I don't know. I think I saw the story. They can't make you. I don't you. know what that's all about. Yeah, here we go. Uneasy photo shoot. Uh, there's <laughs> well, some disagreement uneasy. about what uneasy. went down when the Washington Redskins cheerleading squad traveled to Costa Rica in 2013. According to the five unnamed women, Juliette Maker, Makur, spoke to for the New York Times, the trip ended up feeling exploitative. They were at the Occidental Grand Papagayo re- Resort for a calendar photo shoot. Some of the 36 women were required to take off their tops at times to facilitate the shots. Required. How, how do you facilitate? Yeah. You better take off your you pants. You say, no, uh, I'm not going yes, to do this. Yes, you're blinding the camera. Yeah. None of us are Try doing this. Try it without this. a shirt on. Yeah, let's do something else. A, That's all you got to say. I know a past Eagles cheerleader, and they did. The band or the team? The band. The band. Yeah, um, and Joe. they went to coast. I think it was Costa Rica, and some of them had were topless, but they like covered really? up. 
it wasn't like their boobs were out, Still. but yeah. they covered up. But why? why? But I don't know. Because why? they want to sell calendars. And they have to go to Costa Rica to take their clothes off? Damn, what the hell is that all about? I know. I don't understand anyone or anything anymore. I think it's just a nice trip for the team. When we had season tickets to the Vikings, Uh we were right in front of the Vikings cheerleaders. Uh And people would, like men, like middle-aged men would always come down. It's always the middle-aged ones. And record them with their phones or just sit there staring at them. I'm like, it's so creepy. There's a lot of messed up people. It's weird how because a GoPro nobody'd know you could just kind of <laughs> yeah like you or just do. dress up like a cop and it's my body cam yeah. we have to wear it yeah sorry a hot dog here I have to wear a body cam <laughs> did you know that the Spice Girls are the best selling girl group ever of all time, of all time yep. yeah that's very no yep. the Supremes have no. to be Supremes no. aren't even girls. close not even close really? the Spice Girls have sold four times as many oh, as the Supremes oh that makes my heart that hurt that is weird those women could sing though you got to give so the Supremes. They, well, yeah, I, well, one of them could. It was it's Spice Girls, then at two is the Andrews Sisters. Well, <laughs> the thing you have to... <laughs> Minnesota. From Lake Manitoba. Okay. Yeah. Minnesota. The thing TLC, you have to realize... The TLC, Destiny's Child, Pussycat Dolls, AKB48, which strippers. is... So the they sure are. Pussycat Dolls are... The Andrews Sisters are in second place? Oh, yeah. we got to take a break. Oh. The th- oh. got to take a break. Break time. We'll be right back. I'll be right back. Tom Bernardio. What the <laughs> F are you doing? You think I'm weird. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. I need love, 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 love to ease my mind. I need to find, find someone to call mine. But Mama said, "Can't hurry, love. No, you just have to wait." She said, "Love." Was it Darlene Love that sang the backing vocals on "Gimme Shelter"? No, that's uh, Marcy. I mean, the rape murder part. Yeah, her name was Marcy. I think. I think well, it's, it's not, Love. No, it's not it? Darlene Love. 20 feet from stardom. She was 20 great. feet from stardom. Yeah. Phenomenal. She showed up wearing rollers at 2 o'clock yeah. in the morning. Pregnant. Yep. And pregnant, yeah. yes. The Supremes actually did pretty poorly. 29 albums. How is that possible? 29 albums, an average of about 0.7 million sales per. Wow. Whereas the Spice Girls from... had three albums and sold 85 million. Oh, my there, there God. There was a time from what, 67 to 69, you couldn't turn the radio on and not hear this. Exactly. That's, That's why it's so weird. Maybe they were, well. Maybe they just didn't keep track because it was women. Or maybe it was before the <laughs> yeah, average person. It could the be. The old girls don't count theory. Yeah, exactly. It might have been just because that was before 
the average person could easily just afford tons of music. I was going to say, like, music is so much more yeah, it's easily way... acquired. Know, but you could have bought a 45. I mean, they were how much money even back then? A they dollar. were like 50 cents or something. Well, yeah, but I mean, they were next to like nothing. right now, you can just, oh, I want that song. I liked it. Yeah. I you don't have to go the to the store. Album. Like, they sound fun. That's true. You know, it's so different than, yeah. like, the... Yeah. It's so much more intentional to go out and buy an album, and it's like a thing. None of right. the best-selling... The only best-selling girl group after 1960 is the... Or before 1960 is the Andrews Sisters. That's amazing to me. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, our very special guest, Bob Barry. How you doing, Bob? I'm doing good, John. How about you? Never better. Nice to talk with a legend of Minneapolis. Well, it's a... That's a, but yeah, that's but right. You're not Doug dead yet. And all over the world. Laughing at Catherine. Bob, my own wife is stabbing me right in the back. It's unbelievable. But that's very you're kind. Talking, of you're talking about 45. What is a 40? My neighbor asked me, the, the kid asked me, what's a 45? Yeah, yeah, they want to know. Pistol. Who, who knows? Right? Yeah, they don't know anymore. It's true. Nope. I've never once held. Wait, no. Yep, I held a 45 had, once. You guys had a little record player. We did? Yep, you did. You did. Yep. Oh, we I don't even remember. We have that. a record player. Yep. The only time I remember holding a 45 is when we went to JB's like two years ago. Yeah, that's right. He does have them. Is this a Frisbee? Bob Barry ruled Milwaukee's airways in the 60s and 70s, the only time the Beatles performed there. Barry introduced them to the audience, and he was the only local personality who spent time in private with the Fab Four. Lucky! If a band or musician came to town, he met them with a microphone. Chuck Berry, The Animals, Wings, The Rolling Stones, the list goes on. His popular Bob Berry Calls the World segment entertained thousands with cold calls to famous personalities, including Bob Hope, Sophia Loren, Elton John. How did you ever come up with that idea, Bob? It's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, one day I was uh, sitting in the studio, and I, I, I just playing records, and I thought, God, I'm, I'm not going to get any listeners. <laughs> and uh, somebody somebody said, well, why don't you... And this is before talk radio. I mean, there wasn't any talk right, radio right. in Milwaukee. And uh, so someone called, and uh, this lady called. She says, you know, why don't you try to call the president you know, at the White House? And I said, hey, you might be onto something here. What would happen if you tried to call the president at the White House? And those were the days when you could call cold. And, uh, you know, nobody would complain. Uh, and then all of a sudden the FCC clamped down and <laughs> right. said, no, 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 you yeah. don't do that anymore. So uh, anyway, I tried it, and I went through about five departments. <laughs> and finally, uh, they said, no way, you know. Uh, so, uh, it, and I thought, well, hey, this this might be a fun thing to do. So then I started to call the Prime Minister of Australia, <laughs> and uh, he was uh, sleeping. <laughs> of course, you know, our time and their time, and... It was a big difference, so I don't know, it was 3 in the morning or something like that. And uh, he was very gracious, uh, you know, and I said, well, uh, you get a lot of calls like this? He said, yeah, a lot of idiots call me. <laughs> 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 That's a nice touch. You know, so, yeah, the book ordered called- a pizza in Rome and, uh, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. And, uh, and then I started calling celebrities, and, uh, and that really... That really worked out. Uh, the, the ones that they seemed to like the best were the ones that were that hung up on me, uh, like Ingrid Bergman and Cher and uh, Oswald's mother and uh, Peter Falk. Uh, he hung up on I, you? Yeah. Peter yeah, Falk woke, did? Peter Falk bad. did. Columbo. I That's woke him up. Bad. He answered a couple of questions. And he was, you know, he was asleep. I mean, he was oh, out okay. completely. And uh, then I asked him to do a voice track for me. 
Oh. He said, you didn't wake me up at this time of the morning for me to do that, did you? Talk to you later, Bob. Yeah, he, <laughs> how, did, uh, how did you get their numbers back then? I used to get them from all uh, kinds of sources. I, I, I subscribed to a service that would give you numbers because, you know, they're all trying to promote something, as you know. Yeah, it's true, yeah. And uh, so, you know, it was pretty easy to, to get the, uh, the numbers. And then uh, I subscribed to all the newspapers in the area, like, uh, you know, the Chicago Tribune and the Times and all that stuff, and the local papers. And, and they would list where they're staying. Oh, you know, my God. They're staying at the Palmer Can't House do that or whatever anymore. in Chicago. And uh, that, was, that was neat. And, and then, of course, you called them cold, and, you know, like Jaja Gabor answered the phone. I said, this is Bob Berry calling live from WOKY in Milwaukee. Uh, you know, they're, they're just, they don't know what to say. God, uh, legendary radio station, by the way, Walkie Radio, WOKY. Yeah, it is. It is no longer, though. Too bad. Yeah, I know. It's WT- a sports station now. Got and, WTMJ uh, still, don't you? Yeah, that's... Uh, that's, they're still strong. Of course, there, there's a couple of talk, uh, TMJ and ISN are the talk right. radio stations right. down, and they, uh, they, you know, they, do, they do all right. Now, uh, the book is called Rock and Roll Radio Milwaukee, Stories from the Fifth Beatle. It's one of the, Bob, I, I tell you, one of, the, one of the things, I've been for, in radio for 48 years now, and one of the great things about being in radio is every town has its legendary radio people and legendary radio stories. I won't bring up a name. You can bring up the name if you want, but there was a certain program director in Milwaukee who used to go to a bar across the street from the radio station so much <laughs> that he had a phone installed at the bar. Instead of, is that not true? Oh, that it was a red phone. It was a red phone. It was a red phone. Oh, the hotline. <laughs> he had the a hotline hot in the bar. He had a hotline at the bar instead of in the radio station. Damn. Can't get away with that stuff anymore. Oh. He spent more time over there than he did at the radio station. Oh, and that's where he came up with all his ideas. Yep. I mean, you know, the people in the bar would talk about things, and he'd say, hey, that's a great idea, you know, and, and he'd, he'd, he'd do it. Uh, or what, you know, and he'd do a survey, you know, well, what songs do you like? What radio programs do you listen to? Right? And he'd, that, that was just fantastic, you know, at that time. That was really, uh, uh, you know, a pioneer in the business but that that's the great thing about radio those those legendary stories about like you know you doing what you did and i guess i can use the name jim jim doing what he did and uh, well and the uh and i think uh, and we didn't mention his name but george wilson and some some in your area might have heard of him if they were in radio of course uh because he was uh, legendary he won a program director of the year award billboard yep. uh, magazine yep. and and so he was uh he was something else, man. I miss him. Uh, yeah, yeah there's no doubt time. about it. I I was very lucky in that back in the day, many, many years ago, in the 70s, I got to sit down once in a while with Larry Lujak and talk to him. He's oh, one wow. of the greats of all time. Radio yeah. is just my favorite radio story of all time, though, Bob, is the real Don Steele at KHJ in Los Angeles. Mm, talk about a legend. I'm talk about a legend. There's a, in L.A., there's the Steel Bridge. And he blocked the bridge by turning his car sideways and told people, get the hell off of my bridge. (laughs) (laughs) Did he go to jail? Oh, yes, he did. Yes, he did indeed go to jail for that. For that little stunt. I just, I love, Bob, do you remember that first big break that you got? Because there is a lot of people, men and women, who are very, very good at radio, but they never got that big break like you did and I did and 
so, so many other people. Do you remember what that was? Well, the, uh, the, the first break I got, uh, I had worked at a small station, uh, Hartford, Wisconsin, and uh, then uh, there was a program director at WEMT here that was driving around listening to small radio stations, and he heard me, and he called me, and he said, you know, we'd like you to work at WEMT for the summer relief. And I was living in Milwaukee, so, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, I don't have to take that 30-mile drive every day. That would be great. So uh, I came into uh, to WEMP, and then while I was, uh, let's see, I worked there for a while, and then I worked, uh, I worked for WRIT. They went automated, and, uh, you know, long story short, uh, I went to work for the Journal Sentinel, and then uh, there was uh, one day when a program director asked me if I'd like to do summer relief for WOKY, so I came in and I did that. And then on a Sunday afternoon, a... Um, I don't know if you ever heard of the name Lee Gray, but he was uh, pretty popular here right. at that yep. time. Good, good uh, uh, afternoon, Jack. And so he, <laughs> with the Bradford Beach is full of uh, bikini-clad people on a hot uh, August uh, afternoon, and he goes on the air and introduces Eddie Hodges' "Girls Are Made to Love" as "Girls Are Made to Lay." And Uh-oh. the program director called the engineers that cut his mic. I'm coming in to finish his show. He called me and said, you want a full-time job? There and it so is. I, I got my full-time job. And then, of course, in 64, I get this call from a guy in Chicago saying, uh, I'm bringing the Beatles into Milwaukee, and we know that you're popular. Uh, you play a lot of Beatle records, so we'd like you to MC the show. And I said, what does it pay? And he said, I don't pay anything. You are a guy, Bob. That's awesome. I'll take a pass. I said, I have been making like 200 250 for all of these oh, concerts. Yeah. Dave Clark Five and Herman's Hermits and all sure. that. You know? So, uh, so I, I hung up and the, the music director, Arlene Choir, said, what was that all about? And I told her, and she says, you call him back and tell him you'll do it. You know? She says, look at this. And she opened Cashbox and Billboard magazines. And it was just full of the Beatles in mm-hmm. Europe and how popular they were. So he called him back, and uh, luckily um, he had called an, an, another guy to do it from WRIT. And I said, uh, he said, let me call him back, and I'll tell him to introduce the warm-up acts and then introduce you. <laughs> so can you imagine introducing a guy from your opposition you know, <laughs> oh, to this God. huge concert, 11,838 screaming kids? Uh, that was that, that was the biggest break. And can you imagine if the music director had not been in that, mm-hmm. you know, at, at the time when I talked to this guy? Uh, my whole life would have uh, would have changed. No, it's very true, and that, that and that's exactly. As a matter of fact, I just talked to Dave Hamilton yesterday. Uh, all those years ago, Catherine uh, called me. I was living in. We were well. I was. I was in New York at our, we had a house at 20th Street and 2nd Avenue and, and back in Minneapolis, and she called and said, we're going to have a baby in 1986. She called me in April. And I said, oh, well, we can't really raise a baby in Manhattan. So I, as I literally put the, back then, uh, for people under the age of 35, you used to put the phone back on a cradle. <laughs> That's what you did. And I put the phone back on the cradle, and the second I put it down, it rang, and it was Dave Hamilton. He said, do you have any interest in getting back into radio? Because we need a morning guy at KQRS. I said, yeah, that sounds good. He said, well, I, I can probably, you know, pay you okay. I'm not what you're making now, obviously, but I can pay you okay as long as you promise to stay for six months. 
and I'm now in my 33rd year of working wow. at KQRS. It's unbelievable. Oh, that is, yeah. But it's just that story. the timing of that whole thing, because if he had called a day earlier, I would have said, nah, I really don't want to. Things are going really well in New York, but hey, we can't raise a baby in New York. So it, it, the timing of it was just unbelievable. Um, that's well, It's just one of those things about radio. I talk, Steve Dahl and I have become really good friends because I think he is the greatest of all time. Yeah. He is amazing. Uh, you know, Howard is. Stern and I and many other people kind of emulated what Steve Dahl invented. But he's just a straight-ahead guy, funnier than hell. Just, it, It's a great business. We got very, very lucky, didn't we? Yeah, we sure did. Did you know uh, Bob Collins? I did not, no. Okay, Bob Collins was at uh, GN. Right, and, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he ended up on, you know, ended up on the morning show, and then, of course, he had that tragic uh, plane crash. But uh, I was offered that job in, in GN, and it started. It was a split shift first from uh, four until uh, seven, and then, or uh, wait a minute, now two to two to four and seven to nine. Ugh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I said, I've got a family, you know, and no. just like you, you know. Yeah. I, I, yep. I thought it over and, and talked it over with the family, and I decided not to take it. Well, then they called Bob Collins, who was out of work. He was in Florida, mm-hmm. and uh, down to his last dime, and he hopped on his motorcycle from uh, and, and drove from on his motorcycle from Florida to Chicago. And uh, he did the audition, and they, his audition was, you know, real this southern thing that he did. And, uh, and they said, no way, you know, he's a little risque, you know for GN, and uh, one of the program directors says, no, I think he'll be great, and so they hired him, and that's, that's how Collins been there forever. Uh, Bob, I'm, we have to get you back on the show, because there are about 15 more questions I want to ask you, so I want to reach out and book you again, if that's all right. That would be great. That would be great. And by the way, the uh, the proceeds from the book are uh, going to uh, Donate Life Wisconsin and the Angels Funds for Kids, so uh, I really appreciate uh, anybody who picks up the book. It's a wonderful thing. I will reach out again very soon, my friend. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family.